A perfect setup to introduce our next speaker. His name is Walter Hoy. His wife, Lori, together are instrumental in the body of Christ for protecting the unborn. Um, I'm, I'm sure that Walter will cover this, and I may butcher the statistics, but 38% of all abortions in America... Well, let me, let me correct that. The, the population, the black population in America is about 13%, plus or minus. You divide that between male and female, you're, you're looking at 6.5%. And 6.5% of being female, black Americans, you reduce that to about 4% because it's childbearing years. So 4% of the population of America is responsible for over, just, just under 40% of all abortions. There's a genocide on black America. And Walter and his wife Lori were so burdened by this that one man, one day a week, with one sign for one hour, would stand in front of an abortion clinic in Oakland, California, and all the sign said is, God loves you and God loves your baby, let us help. The, the response was, was in, amazing, and, and he just stood there. The Oakland City Council was em, employed by the abortion clinic to stop this man. They enacted a law specifically because of Walter and Lori called the bubble law, that he couldn't be within 100 feet of this clinic. And he didn't violate it. They had trumped up charges, uh, he, and, and they ended up incarcerating him while they waited to see if this was constitutional. He was imprisoned. While in prison as a pastor, he did what most pastors do. He began to minister. He had a remarkable uh, accomplishment within the prison itself. But you can imagine, when you make a stand like that, you're going to lose your family, you're going to lose your community, you're going to lose your friends. He was a penny looking for change. And he put everything into this and has never relented and never pulled back. And he's inspired thousands of people across the country, he and his wife. And when I heard him speak and then heard his testimony, I knew of him before I'd heard his testimony. When I read his book, if there's a man on the planet who would judge me by my color and simply hate me because of what he's experienced in his past, uh, it, it should be Walter, but to the contrary, I've never been more loved and more embraced when I sat with him at dinner that night. He, he made it about me. He kept asking me questions about me, and I wanted to know more about him, and he's a humble man, and he just kept turning it around, and it was frustrating me. <laughs> he's precious, and when he gave me his book, I couldn't put it down, and I have to tell you, you were in the presence with both of these men and this lovely lady you're in the presence of Christian royalty. I want, and, and by the way, the First Amendment, the freedom of speech, when someone cannot debate with you, they will silence you. And our founders understood that we are men and women who rule, we the people. And we have the ability to operate along the lines of our convictions. And when a man and a woman like, like Walter and Lori realize that their race is being decimated. They stood, and they exercised that freedom of speech, and they understand the great gift of America, and they understand their accountability before God, and they've put it all on the line. Ladies and gentlemen, Walter Hoy. Love you, thank you.
I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. All right. All right. Rob, thank you for being extremely kind. <laughs> How many men are in the room that are married? Yeah, yeah, a little higher. Come on, fellas. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm married. Yeah, it's like that. Okay, I got a verse for you. Proverbs, maybe you might want to write this one down. I don't know. Proverbs 18:22. One more time. Fellas, I'm telling you, I'm trying to help you out now, all right? It's going to work for you. Proverbs 18:22. The Bible says, when a man finds a wife, he finds a, a good thing. I got my good thing with me. <laughs> Lori, just wave your hand. That's my good thing. <laughs> All right, I'm going to, uh, I can't help it. Uh, I, I'm licensed, ordained. I'm a preacher. I can't help it. I'm in church. I got to take at least one text. Got to take at least one text, one text. All right, you got your Bibles, you got something? Hey, all right, First John, First John. You know, hey, Rob, my Bible's in my phone now, you know? Hey, I don't come a long way, all right. First John, chapter five, verse Five. Now, I'm reading from the King James, but it doesn't matter. You'll get, you'll get the point. All right, all right, all right. The Bible says, Who is he that overcometh the world? Who is he that overcometh the world? The world, not just some small problem, but the entire world. Who is this man that can overcome the entire world? Then he goes on to say, it's he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Who is he? It's that man that believeth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Who is he that can overcome the entire world? If, you li if you're listening to Bill William over here, oh my goodness, God just uses men here and there, and they overcome impossible odds. John is saying here, who is he that overcometh the world? It's he that believeth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Yeah, let me get an amen here. Come on, help, help me now. All right, all right, all right, all right. I want to relate this to the impact of abortion in my community. The impact of abortion in my community. In 1850, we're slaves. But the government at the time was doing research. And they were collecting all kind of numbers. And there's this one book left that traces culture and population and these numbers. And it goes back to the 1700s. It's rare. I got this book. I'm looking at this book. And you know, in 1850, the total fertility rate for my folk, the total fertility, you got to have 2.1 
children per woman for your race, for your demographic, for your people to just maintain, not grow, not become enormous, just to maintain, just to stay where you are from generation to generation. You got to have 2.1 children per woman. Well, in 1850, the black fertility rate was 7.9. My goodness, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. God told Israel, don't worry about it. I'm going to multiply you more than the sand and the sea. Don't even bother to count, King David. Mm. Mm. That didn't work too well for him, did it? Mm. No, I've already said, I'm going to multiply. And that's where your power is going to be. It's going to be more of you than anybody. In 1850, yeah, we're slaves, but all my, oh my goodness, God is blessing us. We're at 7.9. Whoo! Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. I turned the page. Lord have mercy. A hundred years later, 100 years later, I'm talking about 1950, we're down to three. Point six. You know, a lot of things have happened from 1850 to you know, 1950, you know, and I'm thinking that, you know, maybe, maybe some good things are happening. How, what, but what happened? I mean, 7.9, 3.6, we're going in the opposite direction. Well, you know, we got Margaret Sanger in Planned Parenthood in the early 1900s. Are you with me? Huh? 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 And all of a sudden, there's a need for abortion. There, there's a need to control how many children you have. All of a sudden, where is this coming from? And how come my demographic is being hit like that? But I'm saying, hey, 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 Walt, don't get depressed. You overcome the world, bro. You believe in Jesus Christ. 3.6. That's still better than 2.1. So we're still going to multiply. God still got his hand on us. I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better. But I got to admit, from 7.9 3.6 is a 54% decline. You know, I'm still kind of, hmm. But it's more than 2.1. Well, by 1975... 25 years later, it's down to 2.3. Now, in 1960s, a lot of things were happening in my community. Did you know that the first two pro-life groups in America ever were black? Wow, huh? First two ever. The Nation of Islam, now Farrakhan is crazy, don't, you know, but he's right about this. Black Panthers were the second group. I got a NAACP president in Philadelphia in 1965 talking about Planned Parenthood plan is replete with everything the Negro needs to 
commit race suicide. We knew they wasn't fooling nobody. 7.9 down to 3.6. We're down to 2.3. Hey, we're not fooling nobody now. We know what's going on. We know where it's going. And bam, we were bold. We were all talking about it. But in 1967, abortion became illegal legal in America. Mm. 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 Yeah, I'm concerned now, you know. Mm. It's legal in Mississippi. Mm. It's legal in Colorado. Mm. But the state that performs more abortions than any other state in the country, California, that don't have to tell the federal government what they do with their tax dollars, so they don't even have to report the data to the CDC. They just take the tax dollars and abort more children than anybody else in the country. That was the third state that legalized it. I'm saying, hmm, hmm. And then, 1975, two years after Roe v. Wade, now the whole country's got it. Lord have mercy. We're down to that 2.3 I was talking about. I'm not feeling too good, but it's still more than 2.1. I'm holding on. Because he that believeth in Jesus Christ can overcome the world. So I'm standing on a public sidewalk in front of an abortion clinic. I got a sign that says, God loves you and your baby. Let us help you. And the sisters are stopping. The reason why I'm out there is because some friends of mine came to church and said, you know, we got a plan. We think that the women would stop and talk to their pastor. They would talk to their deacon. They would talk to their priest. They would talk to somebody that recognized preaching from the pulpit. And so if, if you would come out there, this is going to be our experiment. We don't think they could walk by you and not talk. And so guess what? I was out there, and they couldn't. They recognized me from the pulpit, and they go, oh, preacher. Preacher. You know what the sisters wanted? You know what the sisters wanted? They just saw my sign. I'm a black preacher on a public sidewalk, and the women are stop, stopping and talking to me. They, they want to know, preacher, I see your sign. God loves you and your baby. Let us help you. I see your sign. I see your sign. I want to know. I want to know. She's calling me preacher. She knows I'm a preacher. She's, she's been in the church. I've been in her church. She says, is it true is it true that God loves me? Now, she goes to church and she wants to know, is it true that God loves her? Ladies, how many of y'all know that God loves you? Isn't that Bible 101 in church? That God loves you. I mean, maybe you don't know Genesis through the Revelation. Maybe you're not all into that yet. Uh, but hang on, I'm here, you, you, you will be, you know. 
But at least you know that what? God loves you. You got that. You got that. Well, I'm standing on a public sidewalk. I got the sign. God says, it says, God loves you and your baby, let us help you. And she walks up to me, and she's only a few steps away from walking into that abortion clinic, and that baby only has a few minutes left to live. And she wants to know, is it true that God loves her? Because she's thinking God don't. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? She's thinking God don't. She's in a situation. She's not, mm, I don't know, I don't know. I'm saying, yes, God loves you. God loves you. She puts her head down and says, okay, preacher, okay, okay. If it's true that God loves me, does God love me and my baby? I noticed that mama never said it was, does God love me and my clump of tissue? <laughs> you know, clump of cells. Mama said, my baby. Does God love me and my baby? And again, she goes to church. She's calling me preacher because she knows she's been there. She's heard me before. She's seen me before. We might have even talked before. She wants to know, does God love her and her baby? Lord have mercy. I'm saying, oh, yo, it's true. It's true. God loves you and your baby. I'm saying, oh, yeah, no doubt about it. She says, all right, preacher, all right. You know, sisters, they don't mind getting in your face and, and talking to you. you know? <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm like that. I'm used to that. You know, come on, you know. <laughs> she says, well, okay, preacher, well, if that's true. If God loves me, hmm? if God loves me and my baby, if that's true, if that's true, if it's true, will you help me? Uh-oh. Right now, I'm, on, I'm standing on the public sidewalk. I got a sign. I got two senior women with me from my church. You know, they're part of my, my gang, you know. <laughs> I'm really the only mobile one. They're they, they 80, you know, years old. <laughs> you know, so I can walk a little bit, you know. <laughs> but they're they, 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 they talking to the preacher. They want to talk to the preacher. <clears throat> Will you help me? Church, it's boiling down to what you're going to do. It's great to preach it, but what you going to do? It, 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 it's great to memorize it, but what you going to do? Lord have mercy. I'm in front of the abortion clinic. Baby ain't got but a few minutes left to live. They're banging on the windows. They're trying to get her to come in. She's ignoring them. She said, preacher, if God loves me and God loves my baby, will you help me? What you going to do, preacher? I tell them, I'm ready. I helped her. I didn't care what she needed. Sometimes it was just groceries. Sometimes she needed me to talk to her boyfriend in the car. I like that part, actually. <laughs> yeah, where is he? Yeah, I, I didn't mind. I really like that part. I want to talk to somebody. 
Because men, if you loved your wives, you put the ring on her finger, and you love her, and you protect her, and you provide for her, we could almost bring this to an end. I helped her. Word got out, bam. One day, I was out there. I'm only out there for two hours. We had 27 women come up, had appointments to the clinic. Now, the clinic can't do an abortion, you know, in two hours, 27. There's no way they can do that. But they're just taking them anyway. They don't care. They're making money. They're just taking them anyway. They're just going to make them wait until they get to them. But they wasn't coming for the abortion. They heard it was a black preacher standing on the public sidewalk there helping women. And so they came to get help. Now, I was glad to help them, but you know what? The church should have been helping them. They were all members of a church. They still want to know if God loves them, and they're members of a church. They want to know if God loves them, if God loves their baby, and they're members of a church. They say, well, if, if that's true, then we need some help, and they're members of a church, and they're finding it on a public sidewalk, talking to a preacher. Lord have mercy. That was too much for them, and a lot of things went haywire. But let me get back to, to this impact so I can wrap, wrap this up. 1975, we had dropped from 7.9 down to 2.3. Lord have mercy. But he that overcometh the world mm, is he that believeth in Jesus Christ. Today, the fertility rate for my people is 1.8. We're below. It's we're no longer replacing ourselves. We are no longer the number one minority in America. We don't, we, we're number two now. I, I, I know where this is going. Cecil Moore was right in 1965. It's replete with everything the Negroes need to, oh, to commit race suicide. I, 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 I'm stunned. You know, I'm, I'm gone. But you know what? Mm. It gets worse from here. At the rate that we're going, if we don't stop, if nothing changed, by 2050, we'll be down to 1.3. 1.3, according to the Population Research Bureau, that's all they do is deal with populations all around the world. According to them, when you get down to 1.3, you're looking at irreversibility. There's no economic model for you to get better. It's over. It's gone. Our numbers will be small. We'll be inconsequential. I'm talking about 2050. You know, I got a 30 years and a few months left. It's over. But he that overcometh the world is he that believeth in Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm facing irreversibility. I can't quit. I can't stop. I got to deal with this. I'm facing irreversibility. But I'm confident because I believe in Jesus Christ. He's my Lord and Savior.
buddy. I only got seconds left. How many of y'all in your life are facing irreversibility? You're facing irreversibility. Maybe it's your son. Maybe it's your daughter. Maybe it's your son-in-law. Maybe it's your wife. I don't know, maybe it's cancer, maybe it's diabetes, I don't know, maybe it's a behavior that you know where it's gonna to lead to and you're facing irreversibility. I got news for you. It may be irreversibility, you may be facing that. But if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Bible says that you can overcome 